Unarmored Talk podcast, episode number 13, Surviving the Loss of a Child, with today's guest, Pastor Willie Collins, Chief Petty Officer, retired United States Navy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk podcast, where we will have real life conversations that helps you develop an accurate way of thinking. And the way we're going to do this is by gaining a better understanding of how feelings, emotions, and thoughts can influence the outcome of a personal or professional challenge. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest, guest is Pastor Willie Collins, United States Navy, retired chief petty officer, six foot five. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I am doing great. How about yourself? You know, <laughs> you I'm blessed, Pastor. I, I appreciate them couple of inches that you gave me. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So, hey, can you tell the viewers and listeners just a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again for having me on. I am so grateful to be a part of what you're doing, man. Please, please continue to allow everything that you do to be prosperous and all those different and things and I'm grateful. So I am, like you said, Pastor Willie Collins. I'm happily married. My wife, Simone Collins, we've been married for 22 years wow, now. 22. Three beautiful children. I'm the yes, sir. And um started a church about seven years ago, but I've been in ministry for over 20, over 20 years. And like you said, been retired from the military 24 years, Navy Chief Petty Officer, uh, hospital corpsman, and all those good things. Just happy to be on board today. No, that's that is that is wonderful. Twenty two years, man. Hey, congratulations. And and I, again, I'm honored to have you on. But, you know, let's just jump right into the topic. You know, here you are, a man of faith. Uh, you got a successful career in the Navy. You're doing well. You've already had, uh, you know, one or two children, per se, you know, daughters. Right. Yes. Then all of a sudden, your wife is having complications during a pregnancy. And and from what I understand is the child actually passed away. Can you talk to us about that situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as you said, I had a couple of daughters already. I had one of my daughters was five at the time and my other daughter, she was a little over two. And it's, it's something crazy because we were stationed in Japan at the time and we were believing the Lord for a son. So everything was going well. We got the checkup before we flew. So y'all, so Japan. so Pastor, yeah. y'all, yeah. y'all, yeah. so y'all were praying for a son. Yes, so you, you know yes. y'all deliberately prayed for a son. Yes, okay, deliberately wow. prayed for a son because we had, like I said, we already had two girls. Yeah, you know, I had to keep that name going. One day, my girls are gonna, they're gonna take on their husband's name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were stationed in Japan at the time, and we flew from Japan all the way to Texas because we had just purchased the home on faith. Everything we're doing on faith, believing God for a son, believing God that we're going to get stationed here right. in San Antonio. And we just closed on our home. So at this time, my wife is about 15, a little over 15 weeks pregnant mm. and closed on the home. Everything is going good. And right at the new year, we were due to fly back to Japan after, like I said, closing on the house and everything like yeah. that. So my wife started having some issues right after midnight. We had just come from church. Things were going fine. And all of a sudden she's having some issues. Yeah. But it's crazy because 
we thought for sure once past 12 weeks, she was good. Right. Maybe a little heartburn because she had some heartburn with my other two girls. And we say, okay, Lord, we believe that this is our boy, but we don't believe anything major is going on. So we just treated it for heartburn. So you guys so just next- thought it was, it was just, you know, like you said, just maybe upset stomach yeah. uh, or whatever, but no, nothing, nothing major. Nothing major. Mm. So now we're due to go back to Japan. We fly out to the West Coast. We're in Seattle and we were due to fly from Seattle back to Okinawa straight. I mean, back to mainland Japan, straight flight. Right. But my wife is still having some issues. Thank the Lord. We weren't able to get on that flight because the flight, you know, military flights, they only have space available. And all of us weren't able to get on the flight on the plane. But we were redirected to California to Travis Air Force Base. And about two o'clock in the morning, my wife wakes me up. Hey, baby, I'm, I'm feeling weak. So I call 911. We wow. go to we go to the ER. Shout out to the Air Force, because only within a couple of minutes, they were right there. So then we got into the ER and the doctor is like, hey, have you guys noticed any leaking, any issues right. going on, anything like that? And I'm like, no, everything seems to be fine. And um, and I was like, well, doc, I'm a corpsman. I'm a man of faith. Tell me what you think is going on. Right. So he he says, well, I don't want to get you concerned or worried, but you you may have some leaking or whatever. So they did the ultrasound. Right. They did as much as they could down in the ER. But then they say, hey, we have an ultrasound place upstairs, you know, and we want to do a thorough inspection to make sure everything is good. Say, okay, so you guys just go and get something to eat again. Super, I'm, I'm like an S on my chest, Mario. Well, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> my son is fine. I'm good. Okay, whatever you got to do. Right, it's, so. right. I'm six foot five. You know, there's nothing <laughs> that can stop me. And, and and I'm a chief in the Navy. So what? 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 what and I'm a corpsman. Come on. So what? Come what, on, right? So we're good. So we're good. So right. we go. Me and my daughters, we go down to the chaplain, and we, my wife and I, we taught our children early about their faith. Right. So so it's like. I tell my daughters, I say, hey, we guys, we need to pray for Zachariah. That was his name. Yeah. You say, and uh, pray for Zachariah and pray for mom. I say, but I don't need you guys to do this. Lay me down to sleep thing. Now, remind you, two years old and a five year old. And I'm really going and, in on my, you know, yeah, and, just trying to teach them. Right. And when you when you you mentioned you took him to the, uh, the chaplain, unless I, I misheard you, but the um, chapel, the, the chapel. chapel, right. The chapel. Sorry about that. But um you know, what, what What time, you know, you take them to the chapel. Is this about 24 hours after mom's been admitted? I know it started about two in the morning. Uh, so, so by, yeah. So by this time, it's probably about maybe six or seven in the morning because we, we've been there for some time. So they say, hey, go down, get something to eat and come back in about 45 minutes. OK, so we go to the chapel real quick. Then we went to the, you know, to the facilities to get something to eat. And then we rush back. Right. All right. So here's when it really when it really came. um, Things really was like, okay, here we go. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelt. So we come out of the elevator and it's just like a scene on ER. They saw me and my daughters come out of the elevator and they're like, hey, there he is right there. Right now. And these are the doctors, right? These are the doctors. Yeah. So now they got my wife on the gurney. And they're asking me questions. Hey, do you have a living will? Um, oh my! Yeah, you know, God. we may have to do a hysterectomy because when we when we did the ultrasound, we noticed that your wife had two liters of blood because her uterus had ruptured two days prior to being in California. Man, so so so, so they're asking you 
do you have, I mean, here you show up thinking, you know, just prayed, everything is good. You know, your daughters are feeling okay. Right. And, and you show up doors open to the elevator and we went from, you know, we might have a little minor issue here to, do you have a living will? Be- yes. and, I, and I'm assuming that's because the, the probability of your wife not making it through the surgery was pretty high. Yes. Wow. Yes. So, yes, they're like, hey, do you have a living will? And if your wife, they're telling me this, as they're rolling my wife mm. to take her into the operating room. Wow. So do you have a living will? Um, we may have to do a hysterectomy. And then right then I says to the doctor, I said, do whatever you need to do to save my wife's life. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I know that's a boy. We never got the confirmation, but we can make another child. Lord, I need my wife. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We're, we're in California, Mario. Right. With no family, no mm. friends. We're just sleeping over to catch the next flight to go back home. You know, Pastor, how how sad, afraid, or what what was your emotions? I mean, I I can only imagine that you you know you you get this unexpected news during travel, by the way, mm-hmm. in a in a foreign, right, in a place where when I say foreign, I mean you know, you're in a place with not many friends and family. No friends. So what, how did, what fear, what went through, what emotions fear went through your mind and how did you deal with it? The main thing I had to think about was my family needs me. Yeah. I'm the head of this family. My family needs me. So this is not a time. And I think about what we're taught and especially I learned it even more when I was stationed with you guys. When you're in the heat of what's going on, that's not the time to grieve. I know some people may think, oh, that's wrong. or whatever. Someone could literally get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So in the midst of that, I'm like, okay, Lord, I got, a, I got my two daughters here right. that are looking for daddy. I've got them understanding and faith with me that they have a brother. We've already named him yeah. without even confirmation. And they're asking me, do I have a living will because my wife might be there? So I'm thinking oh, I could man. potentially lose my wife and my first son. And now I'm a single father. So I'm like, Lord, I need you. So now I'm tapping into any and every faith that I could possibly tap into. Right. Man, that's, so, that's wow. That's powerful. So, t- so take us, you know, and I know this is a t- touchy sop- topic, but it's unarmored talk. And, you know, so, t- so just take, take us through how you continue to get through this, this major, major event in your life. Okay. So now they, they went from, this is just some family that's going to have surgery, emergency surgery to now they're, t- they're treating us like VIP. So instead of going to the lounge, the, the patient lounge, they put us in the staff lounge. So now I'm in there praying. My daughters are praying. Right. And we're like, okay, Lord, whatever you need to do, your will be done, right? So now the doctor comes in a few hours later. Now, mind you, my wife is still under anesthesia yeah. because she had lost so much blood, she had to have a blood transfusion. Mm. Whew. So they come in, they said, first of all, um, Mr. Collins, your wife is doing fine. Um, 
but you were right. Unfortunately, your son didn't make it. Right. They said you you were right about it being a boy, but your son didn't make it. Mm. So now, again, I'm still with the S on my chest, Mario. So I'm like, my daughters, my wife is in there. She's still under induced anesthesia, you know, in a quote unquote coma or whatever the case may be. I have to keep it together, right? Mm. So now they come in and they're like sitting me down. What do you want to do? All these questions or whatever. And then my wife is in the ICU. Not alone. We're moving different quarters. So there's so much going on during this time. Yeah, you you had you had a plate full, if you will, of 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 external and internal things that that were going on and and the ability to to successfully i guess manage through all of that is uh is, is just amazing um so how how you know you get the news um you're you, you know you have so many emotions and feelings running through how did you continue to stay dad with the s on your chest man The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as best as I could, I'll try to thumbing through the the channels because once they left to try to get some word on. In the meantime, I'm calling my command, letting them know what was going on. I had another brother on the other line. Um, Dwayne Thompson was the the um, personnel guy in the S1 at that time. And he's encouraging me. So now I go from being on leave to now I'm on uh, T.A.D. So the command was extremely supportive. Nobody can tell me that the military don't take care of you because they took care of me. So as you you asked me, how do I hold it together? It's my faith. Because now once we get out of there, I go in and man, this, this really, this really gets pretty intense. So we, we transitioned from being in that lounge. Now my wife is in the ICU, right? So now they've given her the blood. On top of that, she has this rare blood, like O positive, O negative. So they're very careful about that. So when my wife wakes up, the first thing she does is she grabs her stomach. Oh, man. Oh, so she doesn't even know. She don't know. Oh, wow. Wow. So she grabs her stomach and all I could do is just say, no. So she breaks down. And my daughters now, I'm trusting my daughters to, they're not in ICU because they can't, they're too young. So they're with staff taking care of them. They're taking care of my children. And I'm now having to tell my wife that we were right about our son, but he's dead now. So fast forward. Wow. Oh my goodness. Now the questions come. What are you going to do with your child? Are you going to donate him to science? Are you just going to, you know, are you going to bury him? Again, Mario, we're in a place we don't know nobody of what's going on. And yeah, so and it, still- it, it, yeah, this is something that you, you and your wife have never, you know, sat down and said, let's discuss our plans, building living will, and what are the procedures in case we lose our third child? Right. Man, wow. So... Sure enough, we had a great, and and I can't thank the hospital staff enough. The chaplain came in, we talked, and then I was able to talk to the funeral home. They came and got got the body because we decided not to donate our son to science. Yeah. And 
the chaplain at the funeral home, they allowed us to do everything we needed. They didn't charge us. Initially, they were going to, they right. didn't charge us. So now things are starting to brighten back up. And they ask us, now this time, I'm not a pastor yet. I'm a minister. Right. But they ask, what do you want? Who do you want to do the funeral? Man. I preach my son's funeral. Man. Bro. Wow. All these emotions. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I remember Job in the Bible. And that's what I remember preaching the funeral. And I went from the book of Job. I remember the Bible said, and I'll keep this short, but the Bible said that God said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job, right? right. So Job went through all of those things. And all I could think about is maybe God said, have you considered the Collins family? Right. Because it also says the latter of Job was better than the beginning of Job, right? So ever since then, Things, you know, we never forgot about our son. My right. daughters, they never let us forget about our son. But see, here's the good news. God held on to his promise. After yeah. all of that, we still was able to have a son later on. But I didn't break down, Mario, until we got to Iraq when you and I was and, and, that, and that's what I was going to ask you is, is how, you know, as far as depression, you know, talk talk to us about, the grieving, the post, you know, process and how did your emotions play in your behavior and then how you, you know, you got through things. So my wife and I, we tried, man, we, we, we tried so hard after all of that. We're checking fertility, making sure that we were good because now we're feeling like, are we okay? What's going on with us? Yeah. And mind you, at this time, I still haven't broken down yet. Right. So you, you still haven't processed any of your emotions. Nothing. Right. Because remember, we went to California. Right. And then came back and everything was kind of quick once we got back. And now I go away for seven months. Yeah. Seven months so, tied to a combat deployment. To a combat deployment in yeah. Iraq and out to Kadem. So right. finally, when we get to Iraq and everything kind of settles down. That's when it hit me like a ton of brick. And the irony in that is you get into combat where it's very chaotic, depending on what time of day it is, if you will. Lots of emotions and feelings and thoughts running through any any man or woman's brain. And that's that's the point in Iraq when it all hit you about the death of your son. Yes. Wow. And I was alone. One day after the defect. I'm walking back to the camp and it hit me and I just began to cry. I cried. Wow. Like, Lord, what happened? What did I do wrong? What's going on? And all I could do is like that S kind of slowly swindled down. <laughs> it just yeah. dwindled, not swindled. It right, dwindled yeah. down. And uh, I'm like, okay. After I kind of got it out, I was like, okay. God, I, I have to hold on to the promise. You you don't lie, God. You said we were going to have a son. We're going to have a son. She didn't have to have a hysterectomy. There's right. still a lot of, of uh, things going on in my loins, if I could say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to trust God. So sure enough, yeah. when we got back from deployment, a few months later, my wife found out that she was pregnant 
because you know they got that deployment build up, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> and my wife got pregnant again with our son Amen. Isaiah. Amen. Yeah. But but you know it, it's like we weren't out of the woods, and I and, and I just want to say this real quick. Yeah. We didn't get out of the woods because we were so concerned. I won't say, well, I'll just call it what it is. We was a little afraid that this could potentially happen again. Right. So, so you guys are reluctant, you know, you yes. kind of hesitant, but you know, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming, you know, looking at 2020, your beautiful family. Yes. Uh, that you you were able to apply thought and uh and there there it is, Isaiah. Yes, Isaiah. So we he came like four weeks early. Right. And he was in he was in NICU for a couple. So now those emotions came back. I'm trying to console yeah. now. My wife is like, my baby is in this incubator. He's under the blue light. Oh, what am man. I gonna do? So now I had to put this the 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 S back on. So now I'm going to the NICU every day, Mario. I'm reading the word. I'm covering my son because now I'm thinking about, Lord, did I miss you last time? Did I take for granted? Because every time we prayed, we were able to have Beyonce. It was our first child. And then Gabrielle, our second child. And then when we got pregnant with with Zachariah, I was like, okay, you know, all right, God, you got it. No, man. So after eight days, and the number eight is the number of new beginnings. So the number after eight days, Isaiah came out of the NICU. He was good to go, and he's a healthy, strong boy. But we don't have any more children now, just the three of them. Right. And of course, Zachariah, we believe Zachariah is in heaven. Amen. So that's where we are, brother. No, that's no, that's powerful. And I really love how you highlighted, you, you know, how your emotions were separate from your thoughts and the way you, the way, you know, in Iraq, when your emotions start to take over, you start to lose the S. You know, you started to lose the focus and faith, uh, but then you quickly got back into applying some thought through your faith, through scripture, uh, and now look at 2020. Wonderful, wonderful family. I think your son is about, what, five foot ten and five years old, right? What's Isaiah? <laughs> no, so, in five ten yet, but, hey, I'm believing that joke is going to be six five as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Pastor. Well, hey, is there any last remarks, man, you want to leave the viewers and listeners? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you guys for taking the time out to listen to me today. Um, I really appreciate having this opportunity to share my story. And I hope that it was encouraging for someone. Someone is out there who may have gone through something similar, but just don't give up. Don't give up the fight and understand, process the emotions. I don't care if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you're a minister, or just a believer in God, even if you're not. I just tell you, hang in there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm so grateful that God allowed us. I, that was how I was able to process and digest everything that happened to keep my faith in God. And because of that, here I am today being able to share it in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from pastor himself. Hey, keep your faith, process those emotions. And if the S on your chest start to fade away, there'll be an opportunity in the future to get another S until next time. I'll see y'all later. Thank you for listening to Unarmored Talk podcast. Subscribe at www.unarmoredtalk.com to receive information on the release of upcoming episodes. Unarmored Talk podcast is sponsored by Global Inspirational Speakers, LLC, 
a inspirational speakers bureau that connects inspirational speakers to the world.